Welcome to My Best Life Now with Julieta Piox, episode number 12. Hello, everyone. I'm Julieta Piox, and I want to welcome t- welcome you to a new episode of My Best Life Now. I want to just uh, take a minute and give a shout out to one of my listeners who left me a review. Thank you so much. Their name is Minnesota Listener 2019. And the review reads, this podcast is very practical and to the point. I also like the length of each episode because I can listen on my way to and from work. Yes, I love the length as well. I listen to podcasts that are about the same length between 15 and 20 minutes because uh, that just gives me a chance to listen to it um, like that, you know, on my way to running errands or to work or whatever. So thank you so very much for the feedback that you provide. I really appreciate that you take the time just to leave me a note and let me know what you're thinking. It encourages me and motivates me to keep uh, just going and continue to uh, provide this content for you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave me a review or simply send me an email to info at julietapiox.com. I love to hear what my audience thinks and also if there is anything I can do better. I can always use the feedback. So leave me a note um, after this episode. See what you think. It's been a few past weeks of change, adaptability, learning, and moving forward. Aren't we always learning something new, even if we're not trying? I'm still looking forward to warmer days, cookouts, boat rides on the lake, up north trips to see and be in nature. Well, more see the nature than be in it. I'm not an outdoors kind of girl, so, uh, but I love to see the scenery from a cabin deck or window and just relax. I can see myself there now. All right, well, enough of that. I want to get to the important stuff for today. Today's episode is a very special one. A couple months ago, I attended a fundraising event to learn about an organization that is helping children and adults with special needs in Baja California, Mexico. And the organization's name is Eternal Anchor. While at the event, I learned of the needs of the children and their families and the help that they provide in that area. What really impressed me was the love and dedication of one of their founders, Deborah Garcia who was giving us a presentation of all they do and will continue to do in their community, but also let us know they cannot do it alone. I immediately knew I needed to help in any way that I could, so I made a donation to the organization, but thought to myself, I have to help some other way as well. So I decided to interview Deborah and add the interview right here so you can too learn about the wonderful work they are doing and mobilizing volunteers to help those in need. Next, you will hear a conversation slash interview I had with Deborah, uh, where she explains all about the organization. As you listen to it, think of ways that you can help. Maybe you can donate money through their website at eternalanchor.org, or maybe even go as a missionary and help for a week or two, as that opportunity is also available. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified of all the latest episodes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Julieta Piox Coach or visit me online at www.julietapiox.com. Let's get started and learn about Eternal Anchor. So um, if you can okay. please tell me the purpose of the organization. 
So Eternal Anchor is a ministry that's dedicated to meeting the needs of children and adults with special needs in rural parts of Mexico. We are specifically right now in Baja, Mexico. Okay. And what is the name of the city where you guys are located? We are located in a small town. It's called Vicente Guerrero. And so uh, you, how long has this organization been in um, existence? So Eternal Anchor uh, was founded about four years ago. It was four years in December that we started. Okay. And how many kids did you start with and then how many do you serve now? So when we started, we really just only started as an orphanage for children with special needs because there were there were none in the area. And we started with one. Now we have six. But in the process, we realized it's much more important to be preventative. And in order to do so, we started uh, a school and we started with four. And now we have 46 and uh, wait list. That's over 30 children. So it's quite a big project. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And so um, I'm assuming that, I mean, the, the growth has been huge. If you started with six and now you're up to 46 um, kids and then 30 in the, in the waiting list, what will it take yes. for you to be able to serve the kids that are currently on the, on the waiting list? So right now we're actually fundraising for our school because we right now are operating out of the orphanage facilities but we uh -huh. want to build a school that's going to have capacity for a hundred kids because we know that we could fill that in a second. So we're right now uh, currently fundraising because it's going to take half a million dollars to to build a school for that capacity with everything uh -huh. that you need in a special ed school, you know, a indoor a pool for them and areas for therapy and sensory rooms. It's a, quite a large project. Yes, it sounds like it. And so uh, tell me a little bit about what you, what you currently do at your school um, as opposed to the orphanage itself and the services that you provide there. Right, so right now in our, in our school programs, we really focus on life skills because we live in a very rural area. So most of the kids that come to our school have no alternative. If they weren't coming to our school, they would be locked in their rooms, stuck in a bed because families don't have wheelchairs, they don't have equipment, they don't know anything about physical therapy. And um, having access to that education and that therapy is the difference between having the opportunity to live, you know, to have a life as opposed to simply be alive. Wow. Yes, that sounds like a, a very important um, project and also a very important ministry um, for what you guys are doing there. Um, so I feel that you're very passionate about what you do with, uh, with the program, with the kids. I understand you also help adults. Is this the kids' parents or adults in general? No, we, we work with adults with special needs because we know, yeah, we're so passionate about these kids, but we know they're going to turn 18. So right now we've, uh, about a year and a half ago, started working with adults. And we're right now setting the structure so that when we have a big adult program, right now we only have 20, but that they have cooking classes and gardening so that we can create um, a model that educates children and when they become adults if they're able to that they are able to have a job maybe we can create job opportunities for them and if they're not then that they could still have that social outlet and 
and have something other than being stuck in in a room sure yeah okay and so this obviously takes a lot of work a lot of time um do you do you guys work with volunteers yes so right now we have about 40 people on staff and i would say about 11 of them are volunteers people that come from the u.s or canada that want to give back um it's it's okay. rare to have volunteers from our own community because people they, they need to make a living so we do employ uh quite a number of people um so you, you say you have about 40 people total 11 11 of them volunteers and yes. so when the when you say that they come from the u.s or canada does does that mean that that anyone has the opportunity to come and maybe uh do volunteer work for say a week or two weeks at a time how does that work yeah absolutely so we're always looking for uh, especially for people that are interested in doing internships that's really we love it when people that are maybe <clears throat> going to school or thinking about a certain degree that want to come down and intern for a month or two that's the best uh -huh. because they have a longer time period that they're there so we can train them and they can uh, be of more use in the community and okay. understand also the the culture that they're stepping into but we also understand that not everybody has months to give so when people come in groups of just a week or two weeks we just always ask them to to read a few books before coming down like there's a great book called when helping hurts so that they're more um culturally understanding of what the mentality should be when we go in and help and understand that there are ways that we think are helpful but not that oftentimes are actually quite harmful so when when you have volunteers come um from anywhere are there any age limits or or any number let's say if you you only accept groups of so many people or or does it matter can one person come or can 50 come yeah, so we do have, when one person wants to come, that's great. When we have a group that wants to come, we ask that it be no larger than 15 people because of the okay. population that we're serving. We do have a lot of autistic kids and, and crowds can really make them anxious. So we limit okay. per week, no more than 15 visitors a week. And when teens want to come, they're always welcome to. We just ask that they come with uh, an adult that was willing to supervise them and and make sure that they're safe and that they feel comfortable because you know a lot of people are quite uncomfortable when they first start working with with people with special needs so especially with teens we just want to make sure that they feel comfortable as well yeah that's understandable and so um what, what would you say is your main need right now Right now, definitely our, our biggest need is financial. We really would love to see this school happen in the next two years. We've been fundraising already for a year and we would love to see that building start to come up. Um, okay. That would be our, our biggest. And our second is still um, staff because with the population that we're working, it really takes uh, almost, one staff member per two kids that we have just because of their needs mm, okay and so um when you uh what am i trying to ask here when the volunteers come um obviously they bring their time and their talents and, and stuff like that but obviously they can also do 
uh, monetary contributions. So right. um, the ways, the, so if I were to tell our audience like uh, how people could get involved, it would be through donating uh, money. They could do also, um, you, you mentioned internships, which I think is really, really interesting for the internships. Uh, if anybody wanted to come and do one or two months, um, obviously volunteer work on site. Do the volunteers receive any type of training? Um, and you, you mentioned the book if they're coming for like a week. Um, and then when they come on site, uh, do they receive any quick training before they start? Yes, yes. Um, so definitely for if, if somebody's interested in giving, then absolutely we can always, we're always in need of financial support. And if people wanted to do that through our website, our website is eternalanchor.org. They could do a sponsorship uh -huh. uh, for 50 bucks a month or for 20 uh -huh. bucks, depending on what people wanted to do. And that money would go to sponsoring a specific child or adult in the program or one of the children in the homes and they would be getting updates. So that's a great way to, to get to know the program and also be financing it. Another way uh -huh. that people can help, like you were saying, if people want to come down and volunteer, yes, we would train them. What we usually do when it's just one week, we tell them that they are there to assist the main teachers. So the main teachers will give okay. really clear direction as to what they're going to um, be assisting one of the students with. So it's, we really make sure that they don't feel like they're, okay, here's a child. Now you're responsible. They're really coming in to help the main teachers. And there's a lot more training going in when they come in for an internship because then they're there for a little longer period of time. So they need more, more knowledge and physical therapy and understanding like just the way to work with the kids. Great. That sounds, I think this is a great opportunity for anybody who wants to get involved. Um, a lot of the times, maybe people don't have the time to make the trip or the, or maybe even the finances to make the trip, but um, we might be able to either sponsor a child and or donate. And when we make these donations or the sponsorships through your website, Yes. Yeah. So there's, if you go on the website, website on eternalanchor.org, you'll see a donate button. And once you click it, it'll ask if it's a one-time gift, if it's a reoccurring donation and it has a memo line. So you could say it's for sponsorship and we would get in touch with you as to what child it is that you are wanting to sponsor. And uh, we are a 501c3. So all donations are tax deductible. Can you just tell me quickly why did you decide to start this important work um, in Baja California, Mexico? Yeah, so Eternal Anchor was something that was born in our hearts, and we believe that God put Eternal Anchor in both Austin and my heart because we met a boy who had who has cerebral palsy and grand mal seizures, so severe epilepsy. And living in a place that's as rural as San Quintin, there was, there was no help for him. There were no orphanages. Mm -hmm. There was no school that was willing really to take him in. There aren't any programs or, or government aid that can help um, children like him. So we felt that it was our Christian duty to, to do something for him because the alternative was death. And um, I always say, you know, it was just like a, the parable of the Good Samaritan. 
this boy, his name is Jesus. He was that person lying on the road and, and we had that choice to either walk away and keep going with our lives or stop and, and do something for him. And um, we are just incredibly um, blessed. I, I can't ever imagine not having him in my life. And it's just a blessing to be able to parent him. And I'm excited just to see him. Now he's 12. He was seven when we took him in. And just to see him grow and, and become an adult and be there with him, that's, it's a privilege. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's really, it's really um, exciting to hear uh, passionate people um, helping others. And, and definitely something that I always talk about in, in that we all are born with a purpose. And one of those Absolutely. purposes is to um, help others. I mean, we are the hands and feet um, of Jesus. And uh, we need to take that on and just try to figure out how can I help? Where can I help? Where can I be, where can I be the hands? Or where can Absolutely. I be the feet? Or where can I help? And so, um, you know, it's great. Not all of us uh, can open up an orphanage or, or school, but all of us can help a little bit at a time. Yes. Um, yeah. And so hopefully um, we get, um, you know, some of our listeners that are, are listening to uh, this podcast that they'll be interested in, maybe hopefully at least uh, somewhat curious about, um, about the organization and go to the website to find out more, um, get involved somehow, maybe just trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit in, in this whole um, deal? I think that, um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for people who are willing to uh, stick their neck out like you're doing and, and just go for it and uh, just trust that God will not only provide what you need, but that will keep you through the process, which is, uh, which is really awesome. So um, I want to thank you, Deborah, for your time. I don't know if there's anything else you would like to, uh, to add to this conversation about the organization or yourself. No, no, thank you. And I absolutely agree with you. Something that's always resonated with me <clears throat> is that we all have something to give. And sometimes we are so focused on trying to figure out what God's purpose for our life is that we don't mm -hmm. do anything because you're waiting for that one thing to hit you over the head. And, and really like most of the time it's, it's not like that. You just got to plug in and do something for someone else. And in the process of working and thinking outside of yourself, that's when God gives you um, a vision. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I, I learned this a while back, because I'm always, uh, you know, trying to, I'm, I'm, I always tell people I am blessed to be a blessing. And so I'm trying to figure out what is the next place where I'm going to be a blessing. And what I learned to my surprise, uh, one time that I was uh, volunteering at a food shelf, a gentleman, uh, an older gentleman came to me and said, you know, um, it's really great that we do the work that we do. And it's really great that we help others and it helps a lot of people. And that is awesome. We, that's what we're here to do. He said, but you have to realize that the main reason why you're, why you're helping others is because you, you feel good about yourself when you know that you have something to give. And that was an aha moment for me because I thought, I'm just going around, you know, trying to help people. And I know the kids need help and the youth and the, you know, the, the, the less fortunate or whatever. And I'm going to try to do what I can. But at the end of the day, when you are able to give something of yourself, that just shows you how much more blessed you are and it just empowers you because it empowers me when I help other people because that just shows how much more I have that I can now give to others. 
Um, right. So if we think of it in terms of, you know, um, yes, I'm helping a lot of people and, and people are getting um, the help that they need, you know, the resources that they need uh, to get ahead and to live a normal life um, as much as possible. Uh, and then you, you reflect back on yourself and that and think to yourself, oh, my goodness, I was able to do that myself. I did it. I helped somebody else do what they wanted to do. And that in itself is just so fulfilling. So um, I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. And I thank you for the for the time, the effort, the energy, and the sacrifice that you're putting into this organization. So thank you very much for that. Well, thank you for for having me uh, on this podcast and uh, really just helping spread the word because every you know every bit of connection that we can make is is great. Yes, absolutely. There you have it, everyone. Thank you for listening to this special episode to learn about Eternal Anchor, a nonprofit organization that helps children and adults with special needs. I want to thank Deborah Garcia one more time for her time and encourage her and her team to continue doing this important and much needed work. Please go to eternalanchor.org to learn more and to donate your time or money. I can assure you, every little bit helps someone in need. If you like this episode, please write me a review and share my podcast link with your friends and family and or your social media outlets or maybe even by text. As a life leadership coach, I work with women who are passionate about creating and living the fulfilling life they want by helping them realize their true value and personal power. If you or anyone you know would like to know more, contact me for a free 30-minute coaching session at info at Find out if the tools I have can help you reach your goals. You can also find out more at julietapiox.com. Join me on Facebook and follow me on Instagram at julietapiox.coach so that you can stay up to date with daily inspirational messages, personal development tips, and ideas on achieving a fulfilling life. Have a blessed day. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 oh,